Welcome to the Builders Podcast, Episode 72, Bridget Willard, her business's story, how and why it started through today, and much more. Before we jump into this episode, please subscribe to this podcast if you love business and real stories from the trenches. And after a listen, please give us a thumbs up, like, and share if we've earned it. Hit that notification bell too if you're on YouTube so you don't miss each episode. With your help, we can reach more people and deliver these valuable from the trenches lessons to those that need it. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another The Builders. I am here with Bridget Willard. Hi. Uh, it's her second time back. Woo-hoo. Welcome back. Uh, I'm excited to have a conversation. We'll talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today um, in a second. But first, I want to just acknowledge that I wanted to thank her in person on the show for referring so many great people to our show. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like a people broker. Oh, please, <laughs> You should have Nathan, Dr. Nathan Bryan on. Oh, wait, did you have Ben Gabler on yet? Wait, <laughs> did you have Rhonda Nagard on yet? And like, because I used to do WP Blab slash the Smart Marketing Show with Jason Tucker, that was my job to get the guests. That was your, so, you're very good at it. <laughs> thank you. It's because everybody appreciate like, it. I know people, you know? Yeah. No, no, that's awesome. Like, because I'll get these random messages or like on, on, a, on a comment or something. Hey, have you had so and so on? I'm like, no. Speaking of which, Let's did you have it. James Rowland from Perfect Checkout on yet? No, I haven't. I bet I will, though. <laughs> His Twitter handle, handle is, is favorable, but I can send an email. Okay. Intro. All right. That's good. That's great. No, that's, you're, did you have you're... Alexander Spilato on yet? I did, yes. Oh, that was another one of my referrals. Yes, yes. So I just like I just it's five like, or six or I've lost count. <laughs> I, no I just pitch all my clients. <laughs> that's good. Hey, it works for you, right? I mean, that's, it's you, a win-win-win. It works for yeah, everybody. I like it. I like it. Uh, no, and, and I I do have another source now too. We're going to start getting guests in as well. So it's good to have multiple sources and mixes things up and um, and because I've burned through all my friends already. I don't have that. I don't have that many. <laughs> anyway, uh, so no, so today, so I, one of the things, first of all, on the builders, um, what we do is first time somebody's on, we like to talk about their story because we want to get to know them a little bit because they're going to be a regular. That's what we assume. And so we want to know who they are, what built them and uh, made them the person they are today and uh, what they're doing and how they became an entrepreneur and all that stuff. And another theme that I've kind of want to start developing is to take that uh, into a different realm in terms of now let's talk about your business and what yeah. that story in and of itself is. And <laughs> there were tears. <laughs> tears. See, that's what we want to hear about, though. Hopefully, they're tears that lead to an inspirational story. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but. Also on the builders, it's all about telling these stories and extracting the lessons, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, whatever that might be. Maybe we can learn something or it takes us on some random direction that's exciting and fun. Um, so with that, would you like to uh, share that story? Kind of like, let's start with, you know, well, let's start with what you're doing. 
right? Like, what do you do for a business today? Uh, what do you do well, day, to, day in and day out? So um, <clears throat> I, I just want to acknowledge the fact that it's really funny that Warren and Lane and Ida, my writing partner, and I were just talking today about this uh, Fran Lebowitz book he's reading and where it says, nobody cares about your story. Don't write a book, right? And that was before we had kdp.amazon.com, everything like that. And I'm like, but she's right. Like, unless your story can, ex- unless you as the author or you as the interviewer can extract lessons that apply to other people, nobody mm-hmm. gives a crap. Yeah. Okay? Like, try to have a conversation with one of your friends and let them... Uh, allow you to finish sentences. I mean, this is why comedians do stand-up because they don't get interrupted. And honestly, why I started uh, telling uh, like this, what I, why I really fell in love with Twitter in 2007 because nobody interrupts you on Twitter. That's true. If they're ignoring <laughs> you, you have no idea. It doesn't right. matter. Right. You don't. You're still, yeah. You get to say your side. That's why I like blogging. Like, and all of that. So what I do currently is I provide SEO copywriting and website-centered marketing on social media. And I started saying it that way because my goal is to bring people to your website. And that is why I prefer Twitter and secondly, LinkedIn. Facebook and Instagram, especially Instagram, are a waste of time and effort for what you're hitting if that's what your goals are is to bring people to your website i'm totally convinced on it i've done data on brand new clients um the the ecosystem has changed the culture has changed and um and so anyway that's that's me now so my like wheelhouse is I write blog posts, I handle the Twitter account, and and if I handle your Twitter account, you can add on LinkedIn, Facebook, and there's one client I do Twitter, uh, Instagram for, and I never am going to say yes to this again, because Instagram is a time suck. It's so, it takes so much more time. So it's, I am doing your Twitter account. This is the core of my business. If I'm doing your Twitter account, you can also add on copywriting and Facebook or LinkedIn because the goal and what I'm really good at is bringing people to your website. One, it's funny because in Slack, one of my clients is complaining and I, I was like, good job, Bridget. That's what you paid me for. One of my clients was complaining that the blog posts are ranking higher than their pages. And I'm like, oh, oops. You're welcome. <laughs> That's supposed to be Who a good cares? thing. <laughs> Who cares? Like, we just want them to go to the website. Right. Was yeah. that, was, that wasn't very concise. I provide website centered marketing services <laughs> for small businesses. You don't have to be concise here. We're, we're here to listen and well, I know, but you want something in. that's tweetable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you're the, you're the you pro. Got 280 <laughs> K 
characters or less. Plus, you got to uh. have some room for for your hashtags and a room for my handle and then a room for the link. So, like, you just basically have to have 180 characters. Yeah, yeah. So... Let me ask you something about like, okay, so Instagram, let's go back to that for a second because I'm curious because we are, are terrible on Instagram. We're, we're trying to like on our company account, we, we're really trying hard to get over a hundred people to follow us. <laughs> we're like 96 <laughs> sitting there and we've done all kinds of things. I even have a designer now dedicated to just putting custom designs on there. We're coming up with new ideas and nothing. It, it's just so, I think it's, I feel like it's so saturated and so... It's really hard to get any attention there at all. No, it's and not that. It's the culture. It's the culture? People I, on I Instagram are self-centered. They're even worse than people on Facebook. The Facebook people, you put something up, and they're going to give you their opinion. Facebook has become so next-door-ish. You know, like, I, I'll just put stuff on Facebook now just to start a fight and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just fun for me. Like, uh, yeah, actually, doing, like, <laughs> what kind of do you have like strong opinions on toilets? Like, I'm doing market research because I was writing an article about toilets for my plumbing pack, right? So, uh, like, people are like, "Oh, it's elongated, or it's not happening. It has to have a bidet." I'm like, "Whoa!" I I was just like, <laughs> I I didn't. You'll get a little idea. fired up. Yeah, yeah. People were really opinionated about toilets. Okay, so. Uh, but on Instagram, like I, like, I like think about what you're doing. Like I'm looking and I'm just doom scrolling. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily following people. And the thing is, this is the worst part. Remember when Facebook pages were light gated? Or what? Like meaning, uh, okay. Facebook pages originally, you had to like the page in order to see the content. Oh, right, right. Light gate. Light gate. Oh, like gate. I thought you said light. I was like, like, I don't remember lights. Eating. Okay. Like. I know, right? And so, um, but, but Instagram, it, it will suggest things to you like, oh, you might like this based upon your other thing. And it says yeah. follow, but I don't need to follow that to see it. To see it. It keeps popping because up. Because I yeah, can follow right. a hashtag mm. and I can like the post, but I don't need to follow the account to see it. Right, and right. for me personally, like I found out I was following too many people because I was following 7,500 people and they're like, you can't follow anybody else. So I went and unfollowed all the people I used to follow in Dana Point because I don't live there anymore. You know, it's in California. Yeah. And because I needed to be able to follow people in San Antonio so I can know what's going on around here. Yeah. Right. I feel like That's... it's hyper local and for all the like meme-ish things or you know, seeing something from a podcast, like I don't, I like to watch the little Netflix comedy things, but like, I don't need to like Netflix yeah. as a joke for them to show me their stuff. So what, so from, but one of the reasons I've stuck around, at least on my company, my, my personal page is pretty much frozen uh, at the moment. I'm trying to think what to do with it. Um, but is, is for the brand branding. Because oh, if no, it has to be for, you saying. should you should have something, but it's not. Don't expect to actually worry about followers and engagement and all that stuff. I mean, because then you have to play the game, and which means you need to post like once or two, you know, every day, maybe yeah. three times a day. You need to do reels because 
Instagram yeah, wants right. people on their reels, so that means you they're going to promote people who are doing dancing around and taking little like you could t- if you had. Um, I just saw an ad for something. It takes a podcast and makes it a reel. Like I don't even remember what it was, but like if you had something like that and you 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 were just pumping out reels, all of yeah. And that would you know, or if you had your VA do that or somebody, you know, or Canva or whatever, and put all the words over it, like Tom Papa stand up, but like the builders, then maybe that would help. But then the other thing that happens with, especially, especially with Instagram is the narcissism of uh, companies and people who don't follow people back. They don't do the outreach that you need to do and people do this on Twitter too, but it's especially bad on Instagram. Like I've tried to help other local businesses with my uh, Austin businesses and like, let's all follow each other, you know, let's comment, comment on each other's posts. They're not doing it. Yeah. You know, and like, that's important. That, you, that cross engagement that right? outreach. Yeah. An outreach. It's outreach. It's like, no, I'm going to go, wait, who do I want on my podcast like chris doe wanted gary vaynerchuk so they just kept like blightly stalking him you know (laughs) calling and trying to get it happen but like to me i think chris doe's a shit why wouldn't he be on uh gary vaynerchuk i love chris doe yeah yeah you know what i mean so yeah you you like i got rand fishkin on on my i got to Rand Fishkin. yeah oh nice Sometimes yeah. you have to ask. Just have to ask. an yeah. outreach. Or, right. Instead, we wait for, for things to come to us. We think everything's going to come to us. We have a form on our website. You know, if I had a form on my website, put Bridget Willard as your podcast guest. How many people, are, uh, ones of people are going to go there to do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. You got to go. Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of that. A lot of like the, the followers and, and stuff, even on LinkedIn, um, the reason why we, even our company page, we think we have almost 300 followers and stuff. It's not because we just let it sit there. Right. It's that we're reaching out and inviting people and, and stuff on a regular basis weekly. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to pause there for a second. Can we maybe circle back? Otherwise we'll go into a free marketing consultation. <laughs> yeah, actually. I mean, that's not my story, but that's actually my, opinion. that's actually my secret uh, thing here is I, I, I'm really having you on to give me some advice in my own business and um, stick with Twitter and LinkedIn. You're doing right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. My experience is the same with 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 uh, Facebook and I don't even know why we do Facebook. I, I do it because for the ads. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That too. Okay. But what I want to do is let's let's pause that for a second. We'll probably maybe circle back to that or re re-enter that. Uh, what we're talking about there, but um, so tell us a little bit about. So you, you said back in 2007 you started playing around with Twitter and stuff. And yep. so how did that lead to? Um, what did you do from there? And how did that lead to what you're doing today as a business and copywriting and all that stuff? Okay, so um, I started my world as a secretary, and I've been working since I was 14 years old. And I've done various levels of office work from uh, balancing the books every night at a pizza place to uh, scanning in graphics at a publisher and cleaning them up pixel by pixel manually. 
uh, to like reports and you know that stuff. Then I got my uh, liberal arts degree and my multiple subjects teaching credential, and I taught seventh grade to algebra two at a private Christian school for one year. That was one year. Yeah, I think we talked about that on our first podcast year. It it wasn't very fun. Yeah. No, it wasn't. And so anyway, I was in construction, right? And Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to Mac Break Weekly with uh, Leo Laporte and all those guys. And on the same show, they talked about WordPress.com and Twitter. I was like, this is cool. And literally, uh, it took me a year to realize that people were responding to you know, that I didn't know there was a mentions. Oh, we call them yeah, replies yeah. now, but I didn't know what that was. You know, it's just like, Oh, I'm at work. Yeah. Oh, I'm going home. Oh, I'm doing yeah. this. Oh, this is fun. Um, <laughs> but then when the economy crashed and I was in commercial construction, mm. I was like, we got to figure out how to tell people we're still in business because our subcontractors were calling every day, laid off 30 people, laid off this, laid off that. And for three and a half years, we took a 20% pay cut, which was brutal, but we stayed in business. Mm. And what I did was I um, just went for it. I started a a Twitter account and a LinkedIn page and a WordPress.com blog because we already had our website that I was doing with CSS and um but it was on our own servers and i couldn't get the it guy to install wordpress so whatever i just went to wordpress.com and like literally was maintaining that and like like three months later i like kind of told him oh yeah i started all this marketing he's like whatever get your work done (laughs) like people were asking me for advice and it didn't seem appropriate to to put that advice on riggins c-o-n-s-t you know on their account which I did get up to 20,000 followers. Now nice. I was really proud of that. Yeah, I just yeah. passed 20,000 on mine. So I, in 2011, I started, you too can be a guru. Like, it's not that hard. So, um, which is now Bridget M. Willard on Twitter. But I started that in 2011. Because I, like, I needed another place right. to give this kind of marketing advice that didn't, and I started a little WordPress blog and everything like that. And so... People were like, I was going to these social media meetups, and they're like, you're really good at this. Like, your your uh, company looks bigger, and I was getting a lot of peer compliments from peers. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is so easy. Like, I was a full-time office manager doing basically full-time marketing at the same time because I was bored. I worked fast. And then and why, but, why were you doing the marketing, though? Like, is this just something you naturally were like, you were just, because it was fun I for you? People, it was I wanted people to know we're in business. I was afraid of losing my job. You're, you were for that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But you were, but, but when you spun off like uh, your own, your other chant or your other account and you wanted to just continue talking about marketing and all that, like, what what was that? You just felt like I have a lot to share and I just want to give back or just, or well, was that still I for the business? Teacher. Remember I started right. as a teacher. Right. That's, You're my, saying, that's my gift. So as so, you discover things, you want to share that with the world. Yeah. And I yeah. realized this is a this is a think tank. Twitter's a think tank. Nobody gives a fuck about the Kardashians, okay? Some people do, whatever. But it's a think tank. And I met all of my really good people on Twitter because it, geography no longer was an issue. Or your right. station in life, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I could collaborate with the CEO. I wasn't just a secretary anymore. You know, secretaries are like children seen but not heard, anticipating their boss's needs, right. you know, field, fielding questions. And, like, I did write a blog post that I think that I put on LinkedIn or somewhere. Like, secretaries, I mean, social media managers are like secretaries, but don't tell them that, you know, <laughs> because we're, we are the ones, we're at the, we're the front of the house. Right, right. We're the ones fielding the questions. And if you're responsive and you understand and you know how to be polite, you know, like you, you don't answer the phone, hello. I can't even believe how many business owners I know now who answer their phone, hello. <laughs> First of all, fuck you is what I want to say when somebody goes, hello. And also, like, is this your business phone? Could you at least say, this is Bridget. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, who are you? You're yeah, it's like, just like. Like, it, doesn't it say Bridget Willard on your caller ID? Why do you say yeah. hello? Yeah. And, uh, or you're like, so I, so I was, I started like telling people, you know, training them about these skills I had. Like, my biggest, my most views on my YouTube channel is how to fold a letter sized piece of paper to fit in a number 10 envelope. These are, I mean, I like, I learned office skills in, in high school, but people mm -hmm. aren't learning these things. They don't know how to behave, right? So as somebody who is an amateur social scientist, I, I, I had an emphasis in psychology. I was like, okay, well, let's talk about this. And people would say, why do you always say you're fabulous? Because I'd go, so the phone would ring. And, you know, you, you had to answer it right away. That was the thing, okay? So this all ties in, but you have to understand this, right? The phone rings, your, your, your hand reaches, and you answer it, okay? Now now people have headsets, cheaters, okay? <laughs> but back in the day, because yes. we're talking 90s to 2015. I was doing this from 1980-something to 2019. So... 2015, sorry. And that, so anyway, the phone rings. You pick it up. Riggins Construction. This is Bridget. How can I help you? And they're like, wow, how did you get that voice? I'm like, because if I say, da, 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 where my voice normally is, they think you have to, You have right. to have so some energy. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so there's a, there's a trick I had. And they would say, how are you doing? I'm like, fabulous. How are you? And they say, why do you say fabulous? Fabulous? Really? Fabulous? I'm like, yeah, fabulous. Because when you say fabulous... Your oh. mouth smiles, and when your mouth smiles, Ambulance. your pitch goes up. It's like remember that um, that company you can't say Swiss without a smile. Uh, no, when but you say fabulous. <laughs> you're you can hear it. It's like I'm not Swiss. trying to make my my the tonality of my, or the pitch of my voice go up, but it makes people see that you're smiling because people can hear when you smile because the mm. smile changes your voice. It changes ah. how your voice is. And so, like and it. when you smile, your brain is filled with endorphins and it makes you happy. So that's why people say fake it till you make it. And everybody's like, ah, nah, 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 nah. but it's really true. So, so I took those skills, those same skills of like, Hey, how's it going? What do you need? Like Bob, the seven year old client wanted to come bring us a paper check for $85,000. That's okay. That's, that's fine. You want me to fax you the invoice instead of email it to you? That's okay. For $85,000, I'm happy to do it. So you figure out, I'm going to work with you the best way that works. Because I have a saying, the tool that works is the one you use.
Okay. So me, I don't have Trello and Asana or ClickUp or Airtable or Notion. Six of one, you know, they're a horse apiece. They're all the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, I've confused a few of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, because I'd like, all I've, my <laughs> clients have yeah. their own thing. Right. One is using Discord. One is using Slack. One is same using here. Trello. One is using Notion. Right. Because I, if you want, if you want to bring me a pay, no, okay. No paper checks. Okay. I have now okay. a strong policy about paper checks. However, but that mentality of how can I serve you so we can get going? What's yeah. the best way for me to deliver this document to you so that you can keep going? So those kind of secretarial skills and being flexible with my, the way I work makes me very valuable as an a la carte addition to a small business or a business marketing team. So that's where it led. So you, you were, you enjoyed sharing your teacher background kind of is natural for you to, to do that. And then at some point you said, this is a business or could be a business. And when I, when I was at Briggins construction tapped out at $19 an hour, I still can't believe I lived on that. I don't even know. It makes me sick thinking about it. That was so hard. Um, and I saw that buffers, happiness engineers made $77,000 a year. I'm making 35, nine or 39, five. I mean, $39,000 to do. That's a lot more. Yeah. That's a lot more than some people make. It's, it's. Yeah, it's but trying, I was it's crazy. Like, how do you? Yeah. Okay. I was the one yeah. who worked in my marriage. Mm. So, oh, you were married at the that time. That wasn't yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I was married until he died in 2016, 23 yeah. years. So like that, that was not enough in Orange County, California. You know, I wanted oh. to move, <laughs> but there were family issues and a sick grandson and a lot of reasons why we couldn't move, you know, or escape that economy that was killing us killing me. Mm -hmm. um, well, I finally did it. But anyway, so, so when I was like, what? $77,000 just to tweet. Are you kidding me right now? So I was part of this social media mastermind meetup and a bunch of my friends were like, dude, you need to get out of there. First of all, it's like a bad marriage and it's like an abusive marriage. Like it's not a good, not my marriage marriage, but my job situation right. because it was not a good environment for me. I think now we call them toxic. I mm. just said, like, it's not, there's no, it's a little toxic. I need to make yeah. more money. There was a whole lot of things going on. Um, and they're like, you're so good at this. You don't realize that you're good at this. But when I was going to those social media meetups and I was, you know, asked, adding my suggestions to people like, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. I'm like, so obvious, you know, so you were I, natural. I yeah. Yeah. Because I was put down at work. I was put down so much in my entire life, including at work, that I had no idea. Like they would say, you're not a writer. I'm like, but I read all those contracts and I distilled information and wrote like 500 words on a PDF to give to a property manager so that they'll hire us to do the same thing. Yeah, but that's not writing. So, uh, so, a couple, so some of my friends, including Jen Miller, who I'm still really good friends with, um, told me, like, apply to this job. I'm like, oh, but you have to read these books first. They said, hello, Audible. 
I applied. I wasn't a good fit for them, but it, it, it stuck with me. And then I knew, just like a, a woman who's ready to divorce, you just get real quiet and you just start building your exit. Mm, so I started going to word camps. 2013 was my first word camp. Uh, I met all these really great people because I had met all these really great people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they were like my silent, silent to the boss. But they were my escape. They were my way of escape because I knew I was building peers that I would never have met otherwise who right. were cheering me on, and some still do, uh, cheer me on for my exit. They're like, you, your potential to make money is much bigger. It's so, probably scary to make that leap, though. You're just, you're, you need cheerleaders. You need somebody in your corner to encourage it's you. Terrifying. To, yeah. It's terrifying because I'm like, well, I, I can't. It's like door number one or door number two. A lot of people are like, well, I'll do it with door number two. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't afford to lose door number one. Yeah. Because every transition... Every housing transition I had during my marriage was a period of homelessness. Every single one. Mm. Every single one. I grew up not eating. Like, I still freak out when clients don't pay me on time. I'm like, that's it. I'm homeless. And I don't have any good furniture to sell. Yeah. It's, just, cool. it's just so hard for me to shake that. It's yeah. a therapy thing, and my, my best friend says, you did this by yourself. You did this whole move by yourself. Just go out into your – and I do this a lot. I go into your kitchen, close your eyes, and open them. You did this. I sold everything that didn't fit into my Civic in order to fund my move in September 2020 to te- San Antonio, Texas. And everything in this apartment, there were some things given to me, but everything I bought – Brand new. I did it, right? Yeah. And I'm still not homeless. I don't even know how it's happening. But I'm here, right? And that, to me, like, people say, why are you so driven? I'm like, it's fear. I mean, I'm in therapy for it, but it, but it's there. It's there. And to me, and I also, like, my mom was so good about work ethic. She's like, do it right or don't do it all. Don't half-ass anything. So for me, I have to be super passionate with my clients. And that's why I don't take competitors. Because if I'm already like thinking about the best way to serve my realtor client in Phoenix, I can't help my niece who's also in Phoenix and also a realtor. Like I can give her a marketing brief, but I can't do her account. You know, I, yeah. I'm all in on Team Clayton. Yeah. That's just me. That's the way I was built. And that's the way I was raised. Yeah, I feel like that's it's sort of in a way your why. You know, like all of us have a little bit of fear. There's fear in me, like even building my business. Um, yeah, I feel like if I don't show up every day and work hard and well, my fear is now like, you know, once you build a team and you're paying people and, and you're, they, right. they have a life. Like you're providing them a, a better life and all that. Like now I'm not just showing up for myself. I'm showing up for, for my employees and my team and my, right. and my clients that need me. Um, but, um, but there's always that fear. Like if I don't do that, um, I'm going to slip back and, you know, I'm not going to be, that's going to be another one of those businesses that I had that failed or didn't 
you know, last. Well, you and know, change. So. Okay, so that's the, the obstacle to change is that pain to change. Like, do you want to switch over to Rocket hosting? I don't know, because then, then I have to deal with DNS. But then I was like, okay, just do it. Uh, and the DNS is a pain, but they help me, right? Okay, but it's like what we don't like change until mm-hmm. status quo is more painful that's human that's human behavior that doesn't change with that doesn't change we're still human so to me it was more painful to stay so i you know i was, mm-hmm. like i said i was going to work camps and i went to work camp san diego in march of 2015 and i found out about desktop server and i built a wordpress website on for riggins construction from scratch or whatever, and whatever that's called, um, I built it, not scratch, because I didn't build the theme, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. And then um, and then I wrote about that horrible, painful experience. And that article got shared in the advanced WordPress Facebook group by my friend Heather Baker Steele, and Matt Cromwell was working with a company called Word Impress at the time. Um, and they since evolved to uh, impress.org and have been acquired by Liquid Web. Most people think of them only as the main product, which was GiveWP. But so they were hiring me to write uh, articles. It was called like Normal People, Great Plugins, I think was the series. And so they would have me try a plugin. I'm like, I think you're the wrong person. And it goes, no, 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 you're the right person to do this because you don't know what you're doing, and that's what we want. I'm like, uh-huh. okay. So like Boo yeah. Gallery, you know, draw attention, a bunch of these plugins. I tried it out, and I wrote about the experience on wordpress.org or .com, whatever it is. Anyway, so then I met uh, the partner, Jason Canill at ThoughtHouse. Now, ThoughtHouse... Uh, it's really the founder of GiveWP. It just like nobody talks about that part. But anyway, so they said, oh, we want to, you to help us with some Twitter accounts for Give. So I did Give, and then I like got it up to 500, or no, 1,000. I got it from 127 to 1,000 followers in two months. The first 1,000 uh-huh. was really hard. But I'm super good at yeah. what I do. Yeah, and so and it was a great product, so it was win win, right? It's really right, easy right. when it's makes it easier. Need. Yeah. And back then, people weren't as uh, self centered. Now you have all these bro coders like, follow me. I'm following four people. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> so then they were like, wow, you're really good at this. And Jason was like, you're really good at this. Let's do this for our our franchise development clients. And, and so I was doing a bunch of part time work after work. That's I was saying, you're still you're still at work when you're doing all this. You're you're yeah, still. So I did it after that. work yeah. and during lunch. So I was working wow. sixteen hour days, Matt. Like the, these uh, millennials and uh, Zoomers who think that you just have work life balance. I don't know. Maybe they just had a better um, economic situation, but that was never me. Like there's no balance. There's only work. And and then when you can pay your bills and you can find some balance, and maybe I'll be able to retire one day. But I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I, I yeah, that's a whole that's a whole topic. Daddy, you know, to pay my bills, so it's yeah. just the Bridget show, right? So then I had had a meeting with them. I'm like, hey, I can't do any more side work for y'all. I mean, this is it. We're tapped out. You've got to make a decision. 
because I have to get another job. I'm out of here. And they made me an offer, and I started working in December of 2015 at Thought House and got promoted uh, and left in 2017 of October 2017 as the director of marketing. That was my last job title. I became a business, and now I'm the CEO. So you you gained a lot of experience, I imagine, in those couple years. Oh, 100%. Yeah, just working at a full time. And uh, did you cut back your hours? Were you still working? You just started working 16 there? No, no, I cut my, my hours back. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, but see, that's okay. Yeah. I brought all this up to say, like, I, I've always replaced two or three people when I had a job job. Always. Like, they were always trying to find more work for me to do. And this is why I knew it was time for me to do my own business. Mm. Because... The only reward that people get for hard work, the only reward that producers get when they're employees is more work. It's true. hundred percent true. I mean, I, I, I can give my, my wife as an example. She's in the healthcare industry. She's a nurse and um, the stuff she does in her day to day. It's like she used to go so far and beyond, you know, just like cared so much and in this past decade, especially for whatever reason, and it's just uh, healthcare in general, they just don't care about their people. I mean, in a lot of cases, I mean, they're just a number and they don't listen to them. They don't whatever. And it, there, I remembered breaking points with her where it was just like, I'm like, she was, she'd get so frustrated because she cared so much, but no one would listen to her. You know, the work she wanted to put in, the extra work she wasn't getting credit for. And at some point she was just like, I'm like, I think I probably influenced her. I'm like, don't care. So you you can't care so much, you know, because it's going to break you. You know, you got to, you're just working for the man and, and you're, you know, know, I mean, I was getting put down and I was bringing money to the business. I was bringing money to the business at, at the construction company. And, uh, and that's when I came up with this philosophy that I work by today, still today, I will not care about your business more than you do. It's your business. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you can't just be like, Oh, do all this stuff. And then I ask you to participate and you don't participate. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. And it's not all on me. Yeah. As a business owner, if you have, you have employees, you can't expect them to have the same energy and the same, you know, gusto as you because they, yeah, they're, they don't own the business. You own the business. Yeah. You, you like, know. like there's been discussion in my chamber and also I just re- recently read something on LinkedIn where they're like, you know, I, how do you guys feel about employees who have other jobs? I said, they're not slaves. <laughs> you only bought 40 hours. Yeah. You don't, you don't own them as a person. I, I can't even believe there's business yeah. owners who are saying this. Yeah. And I, like, I lost it on a guy who said this at a chamber breakfast. I'm like, who cares what they do? Did they do the work you wanted them to do? Like they think they're not. And like people well, are like right. tracking clicks and everything like that. Like pound sand. My boss used to get on remote desktop and look at my thing. Every time he did that, I wanted to go to Pornhub.com. Every, I never did it because I was too afraid of losing my job. But like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm marketing your business. I'm getting all my work done. 
You should always have it open in the corner. It's just like, it's always there. It was so yeah. annoying. It To me, yeah. it erodes trust. And then yeah, there's a for great sure. article by uh, that just came out with um, by um, Harvard Business Review about the neuroscience of trust and why it really matters. I'm like, yeah, duh. It's a giant, like, the, oh, you paid for research for this? But if... If you don't trust me to do my work, then why do you trust me with a key to the check drawer? Why do you have trust me with a key to the building? Like I, there were so many times I was like, "Here, here's the keys." I, I, but if I had backup money, if I had my mad money, my fu money, if I had that, then I would have left. Mm -hmm. But that is the problem with being stuck in poverty and the cycle of paycheck to paycheck. Right. Even though you're not living large, like we would go, my husband and I would go get Taco Bell or Subway and eat at the picnic table at the Harbor. And that was like date night. We were not living large. There was no large, mm. there was no, we were living small. Okay. We were just surviving. And, and you do that for so many years and you're just like, whatever. So yeah, it gives me grit and yeah, it makes me inspiring or whatever, but I don't want to be inspiring. I'm tired. I want to marry somebody with a ton of money who's like, oh, that's a nice hobby. Like, I would like to work about six hours a day and, and only work with clients who really care about their businesses because I love helping businesses who want to be helped and who would do what I say. And <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but it's like, why are you asking me for this advice? And then you don't implement it yeah, or you implement yeah. it and you don't even give it a whole quarter to see if it works. You see something else that's shiny. This is the problem with business owners. They're falling around shiny objects all over the place and they're wondering why their, their marketing doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's an epidemic. It is. Yeah. It's uh yeah, there's Yeah. So lessons treat your employees well, because they'll, and especially women, we'll, we'll just be super quiet. That's why women poison because we have the patience. Okay. So if you have employees who are not engaged, like they stop caring about stuff, that's, that's it. They're already leaving. They've left in their brain and they're already making their way out. Yeah. Number two, if you feel that unappreciated at work, start working on your resume. That's what I did. And that's what I always counsel my peers to do. Because when you work on your resume, you start to realize how amazing you really are. Number three, go to meetups and start meeting your peers. Because once you meet your real peers, they will see you the way the rest of the world sees you and not the way that your current employee situation sees you. And number four, if you're a client and you really want a good partner, don't, don't look for the shiny salesperson. Look for the person who will tell you the truth, especially in marketing, because this is why we can't have nice things. I have two clients that like have told me that they have wasted tens of and hundreds of thousands of dollars on agencies without getting the results they're getting with me. That's, so I'm like a no BS marketer. I'll tell you yeah. what works. And um, even one of, my, um, one of my LinkedIn reviews from Michelle Kiefer, who 
at the time worked at Pressable, who was at the time my client, she says, she won't always tell you what you want to hear, but she'll <laughs> tell you what's right. And that's what we need. Yeah. We, that's what people need. There's too many yep. people, especially in businesses, who, who surround themselves with yes men. And I mean gender neutral, but like the people who are like, yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Like who's telling Mark Zuckerberg no? Who's telling Matt Mullenweg no? Yeah. Who's saying, no, you shouldn't do that. But my friends will call me and they'll say, I really shouldn't go do this, right? And I go, yeah, you know you shouldn't. That's why you're calling me because you know I'll tell you no. Does that, and I'll do it in a way that, that's nice. They're like, no, what are you doing? You're so dumb. Oh, why do you want to get an MBA? How will this money be used to, for your career goals? Okay, then get it, right? But if you just want it because you feel bad about yourself, you want to spend six to $60,000 on a piece of paper that's not going to give you a higher salary, like literally one of my friends said, I think I should get a master's. I'm like, is it going to improve your salary at work? Do, yeah. do you not like the job you have now? No, I, I'm in my dream job. Then don't waste the money. Right. Yeah. I, I love it's, it's something special to work with, with clients, especially other business owners that actually want to listen to you. But that's kind of earned too, though, right? I mean, you have to... You have to uh, sell is kind of a dirty word, but you have to sell the fact that yeah. you know what you're talking about, your authority, you have the experience, and you and you do have and you do have that experience over time. Like I've been doing what I've been doing for a long, long time as a web developer, designer, as a, building teams and all that stuff. So that all translates. And when so when I talk to a client and I say, and they ask my opinion all the time, you know. Should we even? I have I have a client in right recent couple of weeks that started asking me about plugins, and ask it's like I've they find it finally sunk in like maybe we shouldn't just install plugins randomly. Maybe we should actually ask what the performance impact. Do we need this? Is there a better option? But now they're they're they've opened up to the fact that that um, you know they can ask those questions in, in a comfortable environment where it's not it's not re reflecting negatively on them it's actually they're actually leaning into somebody with the expertise that can can uh, help them but but that's kind of earned it's it's not necessarily you know well, some business and business owners too have a lot of ego and and stuff and so they're gonna you know they're gonna yeah, be the really successful business people always hire people smarter than them and then they trust them to do their work. Okay. Mm, so yep. it's earned with the, over your time, it's earned over time, but it's not necessarily earned with that person. You do build that trust, but that is the thing. It's like, yeah, when I have a sales meeting with someone, I said, this is what I would do, but it is done. This is what it's going to cost. Wow. We just spent 80,000. Like, well, I'm sorry for you that you didn't find me yeah. earlier. But I'm not going to charge you that because that's a waste because I know what they're doing. I know what I, I used to work for an advertising agency. I know what the prices were. Okay. Yeah. Like, and that's why I priced a little bit below that for the exact same work that I'm doing. I know what the prices are. So when you have enough work, okay, that gives you the power as a business owner to say no and to price yourself. Hired. So, for example, I got a lead for a 
customer who um, wanted social media strategy. Okay. And, like, I asked them a bunch of questions because I'm like, wait, you want content or you want strategy? Because they're not the same thing. And they were like, oh, they're not the same thing. So I spent some time educating her, da-da-da-da. And then I was like, okay, well, she just wants a strategy. Okay, so that means you want my brain and 35 years of working experience in a document that you can take and implement for yourself. So I took my notebook and I went to the pub and I started thinking and I started Googling and I was like, well, if this could pay off one of my credit cards, then it'd be worth it for me to do it. Because I really don't have capacity to do this work, but it would kind of go with my why. I would give them something and like if they had hired me to do all of that, mm, six months worth of my time. So I priced it at $7,000, basically, you know. I was no. like, it was that it averages between five and twenty. So I was like, it's still low enough that I feel okay about it. Like I don't want to be a shyster. That's not my goal. But also, right. you're getting thirty-five years of experience. Yeah. In a document where you don't need me, so you can pay the seven thousand dollars, and then I had some add-ons, but you can pay that, or my um, estimate expires in thirty days. And it might go up because I don't need this work. And that's the key about either having mad money or working enough clients to where you can say no. Yeah, you have to use what you have already for leverage. Yeah. Well, not just leverage, but it's different when you need the money. Mm -hmm. You need the money. Okay, I'll do that for $500. You're going to sell your soul for $500 because you need it. Well, I don't want to be in a position where I need that work. I don't want to need a new client. I want to be able to help a client and maybe give them some tools to do it themselves because it is better if they can do it themselves because of the tribal knowledge that people have, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. But I'm also not going to do something that's undercharging for what I should be making if I were on salary at somebody's job. Yeah. I price yeah. myself that way. Like I want to be a $150,000 person. I'm trying to price in that direction because when I'm saving you 40% labor burden. Yeah. Well, it, it's really, you know, that that's, it's, um, for every business owner, agency or whatever that's starting out, it's it's really important to define that, like what you, what you, what your worth is. Now, it's it's if you have don't have any money in the bank and you don't have any um, a war chest or a runway to get started, you might have to pick up work that you you know for on the cheap just to get some no, work going or whatever. But hopefully, you don't. Or, or you work for somebody else and do this on the side like you did as, right. in the beginning. Um, but I'm just saying, like, it, I got a part-time job in the middle of all this. Right. Because I, need, because I, I just needed the money. I needed the but you have to just, But you have to decide. You have to say, this is what I'm worth. And I, you may lose business because no, you're you going to be a little high. Business. You, you will. will. No, and you this will. is the thing. Yes. I really want to talk about this. I wish we hadn't. I wish we had started with this because here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, this is the culmination of everything I've learned in my life. 
Yeah. The package that I charged $1,500 a month for, I originally did for $250, which is $9 an hour. This is something I learned yeah. in construction that people in the web industry do not do. You need to do job costing. You need to know how much you cost yourself an hour before you can start saying what your worth is. Because ever since I started meeting WordPress people who charge $25 an hour, which is really like making seven because self-employment taxes, et cetera, like you guys should not be charging anything less than 150 an hour with 8% inflation. Just bump that to 175. End of story. Because when you're, when you're a business or a freelancer, like whether you're an LLC, a corporation, or a 1099, you are taking on that burden of taxes. You're taking on the cost of your machine that you're working on, your internet, your phone, all of the overhead, all of the SaaS products, all of the hosting, that's on you, plus your own time. So it's really important to find that out. And I have a freelancer worksheet, Google Sheet Drive, I can send to you uh, so that, you know, I give this to people. It's because I feel like they need to do the reverse work. Hmm. Then you can add all the profit you want on. But you have to understand what you, what you cost to breathe air and live on this planet. Or yeah. you're never going to charge enough. And that's the bigger problem in the WordPress freelancer ecospace and the sliding scale of Fiverr not, notwithstanding. But to live in the United States, to, to do your work and, and to understand that clients, those cheap clients are always a pain. They're a pain in construction. They're a pain in the web development. They're a pain in social media. They're a pain in real estate. The cheap people are the time suck vampires. So as soon as you can get away from them, the better. And you do that by, like I would say, get a part-time job so that you Rather can charge than, yeah, way right. more for your client work. Because people don't value you unless you charge more. That's why my prices are on my website. Well, that's, see, what's, what's, what's crazy about it? Now, I started out 10 years ago. I did start real low, you know, and at the time I would tell myself, and I still do to this day, the reason was because I didn't have the experience, you know, and I just wanted to get the work. And I, I But I, I should have listened to this conversation uh, 10 years ago. But, oh, um, <laughs> but it's a, what's amazing. <laughs> what's that? Sometimes you have to live this stuff. You have to live it. You have to, through the experience. That's that's why we're experienced. Um, but well, what's crazy is when you. So when I and I've talked about this before on the podcast, where you know I, w I went work for a company for basically a year on contract and three years an employee, and and I was you know salary and I was you know just a web developer for those four years. I got a lot of experience. When I came out of that, there was no way I was charging what I did when I when I first came in because I knew already that I had a lot more experience, a lot more offer, I had all this other experience, and um, and so I immediately set. Well, I I came out actually still low, like. I'm I'm not going to charge less than $40 an hour. And then I easily got that. And then I yep. bumped it up and then I bumped it up again. And, yep. and what's crazy is every time I bumped it up, I would get that work. I know. I and keep telling this to one of my friends. They're like, well, then I won't be able to get clients. I'm like, you will, you will. Cause the people that, cause people, 
because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of business out there who do value what you do and they do know what you're worth and they're willing to pay that. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is when you charge those prices, you can also provide a better service. So I can build in more service into a higher price because I can have a dedicated resource on this project or with that client and because we have enough room. So like you said, this is a great topic. Maybe we should. Uh... Well, we could definitely talk about it again. Uh, I mean, it's not like we... I'm going anywhere. I'm not dying anytime soon. But the thing is <laughs> that like, I know there's like five minutes left, but like literally like my clients, when I think of stuff and I do, and I do what I done with a lot of my clients have been on your show because that's what I do. And then I'm like, I'm looking at the website for copy to tweet, right? I don't write, I don't create content, the content, except for the blog post, but the content starts with the website. So I will find errors. Like, and I always joke around Slack, oh, hire me for Twitter. You get free QA of your website. Oh, this <laughs> doesn't work. This screenshot isn't right. there. Because I, so I'm not just like, that's not my problem. It's not my job. It's not my right, job to figure right. that out. Oh, you garbage in, garbage out. That's not what I do. And then I'll say, wait, if we're doing it this way, could we also talk about it this way? And they're like, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, you can, like, you can bring so much more value to, yes, to the client. Because and, yeah. Twitter is where you see people talking about stuff. And then when you do the research for the articles, you see what people say. Uh, Google says people also ask. You bring that insight to the client. It's not just, I'm not just a monkey pressing buttons or loading up a buffer queue. I'm participating in their business. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're paying me. Love it. This is a good, this is Otherwise, a good. I'll just go work at the gas station. <laughs> well, you might as well work for somebody. You might as well work for somebody else then. Yeah. There's a gas station called Bucky's, and they start you at $25 an hour, three weeks vacation in a 401k. I know. What am I doing with my life? Nobody's going to complain to me about Bucky's. They'll just be like, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'll go clean the restrooms. <laughs> I don't have to be on this machine all day. Yeah. Well, they, with the the... Uh, price of gas right now, they should be able to afford all, all kinds of pay. Don't even give <laughs> Hire people for 50 bucks an hour. Anyway, okay, well, it's great having you on again. We could we could just, at the time just flies by. I can't even believe it's been almost an hour already. I'm like, what is happening? Um, but uh, we will probably have you on again. I wanted to actually ask you, though, because I, I, I see you all over social media because I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and Twitter. So I've seen you posted all the time. So you you are walking your talk, but one of the things I saw one of your posts is that you started a new podcast. You have well, first of all, what's your you have a podcast for your business? What is that one called? Uh, uh, something with words? Oh, launching no. words is my product. Yes, and I made a podcast so that the transcript will help my my product uh, rank higher than Scrabble cheats. Oh, it's not an ongoing thing necessarily. Okay, and then but you did <laughs> start another. Yes. It's a good reason. It's good enough reason to start one. Yeah. 302. Oh, the internet's blind. If you're not doing transcripts, I don't know what you're doing a podcast for, but that's another thing. So 302 Marketing Redirect with Jen McFarlane, and uh, it'll be live on her YouTube channel Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Fun. Go check I it know. out. We're just being ridiculous. We're being yeah, You said ridiculous. you're just kind of, yeah, you're just kind of talking about whatever and. 
having fun. Yeah, because we're talking about like the things that everybody in marketing wish they could say, but they're too chicken to do it. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Would this be good for your clients to see or not? (laughs) I don't care. They can see it or not. I'll tell them to their face. (laughs) Of course you will. You will. Definitely. Yeah. They know yeah, I we think we got that already. <laughs> well, I, awesome. One of my clients is like, I'm kind of afraid of you. I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do because I know this works, but yeah. you have the right to be wrong. There you go. It's your that, business. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, until next time, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, please subscribe if you haven't already and give us a thumbs up if we deserve it. If you want to comment on this episode's page, provide me with requests on topics for future episodes, or inquire about being a guest, please find your way to thebuilders.fm. You can contact me there or add a comment under these show notes. Now a word from our sponsor, my agency, Unified Web Design. We build custom websites, features, we maintain websites, we work with agencies to fulfill their web design and development needs, and more. If you're interested in our services or are looking for an agency to work with as a partner to build awesome sites for your clients, feel free to reach out to me at unifiedwebdesign.com. There's a handy contact me link at the top. Fill out that form and it will open a ticket and that ticket will find its way to me. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.